The Titans finished their defining stretch of the season 4-0. How? This is the Titans 10. We're talking that and much more. Let's go. Welcome in to the Titans 10 for Wednesday, November the 10th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, a broadcaster and writer with Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Podcast Network. Welcome in to this special Wednesday edition, I suppose. We had yesterday's episode all ready to go, up, scheduled to be posted at 4 on Tuesday like it's supposed to be, and then it didn't post. And so last night when I investigated, the file had been corrupted, it disappeared, the computer ate it. I don't know. Very frustrating. But this episode was too good to just cut my losses and move on to Friday. So here I am on Wednesday re-recording today's episode. And hopefully I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure this time it gets saved and uploaded uh, so that everybody can have it out live today to consume. Our week nine recap, which is what we'll be doing today. We're going to actually skip some postgame pressers. We did a ton of sound bites and media last week on the Friday show. Uh, there's a ton of things today in the recap of the Sunday night football game that I'd rather get to with our time. So we're going to do that for today. And then, of course, some quick hits to round out things before the episode is up and we move on to the rest of the week. Now, before we move on in the show, to the weekly recap. I have to remind you, listen up closely. If you are listening to this show on the football and other F, F words podcast feed, which like I, I see the numbers. I, I'm behind the wall. I see how many of you listen on that show. There's a ton of you, which is awesome. Thank you for listening. But if you like the show, which I'm assuming you do because you keep listening over and over, stop, go to the description of this episode Click on the link. It'll take you to a link tree. Very convenient. Click on whatever podcast platform you get your podcasts on. It'll take you to the Titans 10 podcast feed. Subscribe there. Listen to the show there. And that will help me out a ton. If you're so inclined to leave, rate, review, do all of that good stuff. Uh, but definitely subscribe and listen over there. It, the Titans 10 is not going to be on the F words feed forever. Um, so if you like the show, you got to go subscribe to the actual show and not keep getting it on the F words feed. Thank you for doing that in advance. I'm sure you will go do that. All right. Enough of my rambling in the opener. Let's get into the weekly recap for week nine. Well, as you know, the Titans took down the Los Angeles Rams on the road on Sunday Night Football. The final score of 28 to 16 wasn't really fully representative of how close the game was. It never really was close. It was pretty much wrapped up early in the third quarter. I want to talk about this defining stretch of football for the Titans that we've been talking about for about a month now because it was a month long stretch in the season and we are at the end of that stretch. The four games that we went into talking about how these four games are going to define how the Titans season looks, how they fare is going to outline what they're capable of doing, what their prospects are as they look to make a postseason run, right? And so we were talking about the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, and the Rams, those four games in a row, which they have now finished that stretch. We were going into it thinking two and two is probably the expectations for this team based on their roster, based on what we think that they're capable of. And here they are at the end of it, 4-0. They've now completed the the most impressive stretch of football that I think any team in the league will probably have. 
Um, the beginning of the season was not easy for the Titans. I believe that it was the most difficult strength of schedule, in hindsight, that is, in the league. And they now enter into the back half of the season where they have the easiest strength of schedule in the league. The Titans now move to 5-0 and as an underdog this season, which is the best in the NFL. Arizona is second at 4-0 and as an underdog. This victory over the Rams on Sunday is their fourth win as an underdog in a row. So this season, they were six-and-a-half-point dogs at Seattle, six-point dogs at home versus Buffalo, four-point dogs versus Kansas City, three-point dogs at Indianapolis, and then this past weekend, a seven-and-a-half-point dog in L.A. All of those games were outright wins for the Titans, which is incredibly, incredibly impressive from any objective standpoint. This is something from ESPN Stats and Information. The Titans are the fourth team in the last 15 seasons to win four straight games all against playoff teams from the previous season. And the previous three teams to do that, to win four in a row against previous playoff teams, they all made it to the Super Bowl, and two of those three won the Super Bowl. So the Titans are in great company in terms of historically what a stretch like this can mean for your team. Their win streak since week five in terms of ranking in the NFL. They have five wins since week five, which is the best in the league. They, their five-game win streak that they're on is the best win streak in the league. They have 32 points per game, which is tied for third over that stretch, a 60-point differential, which is the best in the league, a plus-six turnover differential, which is tied for first in the league, and 15 sacks, which is tied for second. And, of course, over those four games, they didn't just beat up on a bunch of lawn chairs and deck furniture of teams. They beat up on Buffalo, Kansas City, Indianapolis, and the Rams, which are four Teams that range from, you know, competent, difficult divisional rivals to teams that many consider to be among the best in the league. On Sunday, everything really came up Titans and Buccaneers. It was going really well for those two teams in their respective divisions. The Titans won their game to go to seven and two, while the Bengals, Bills and Raiders all lost their game, which gives them the Titans an edge on them in terms of record. They now have a two game buffer. On every other team in the AFC, not named the Ravens, the Ravens are at six and two. They eked out their win against Minnesota for a minute. It looked like all four of those teams might drop and the Titans might have a two game lead over the entire conference. But the Ravens pulled it out or the Vikings threw it, depending on how you view the Vikings. Anyways, then the Buccaneers in the NFC, they were on a bye coming off of a pretty bad loss against the Saints, actually. But the Rams, the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Packers all lost their games. And so the Buccaneers were big winners on their week off. Now, let's get into the the details from the game for the Titans on the offensive side of the ball. There were only 194 total yards for the offense. The running game, which consisted of the running back by committee group that we talked about was going to be the case. Adrian Peterson, Jeremy McNichols, Deontay Foreman, those three guys handled the workload. It was Foreman and Peterson on the early downs for the most part. McNichols got a couple of those early down carries, but he was still primarily the third down back. It was an okay showing. I I don't have the number right in front of me, but I think it was something like 60 or 70 yards on 20 plus carries. It's 
I think, about what could be expected from those three. Peterson looked like he was really having to shake the rust off. He did get a touchdown, but he was relatively unsuccessful as a runner on the night. He was running really high the entire game. The broadcast said it, and I think many of us watching the game were thinking as well. He's going to go back this week and watch that tape and think, I I don't like this. I'm running way too high. He was not running as low as we know Adrian Peterson, the Hall of Famer, to be as a runner. But, you know, he's not played in over 10 months. You, you, nobody can just come in immediately and and be back to their old self after nearly a year break. So the running game will probably improve. Deontay Foreman looked like the best of the bunch out of those three in terms of a runner, a pure bully between the tackles runner, which is what the Titans like to do. There were a couple of key drops from A.J. Brown on third downs that killed drives. I think that those were the, the I believe there were two key drops on third downs that would have prolonged drives that kind of stunted the box score in terms of offensive production. A.J., this is not totally uncharacteristic for him to have a couple of drops in a game and they come in spurts for him, right? If you see him have one drop in a game, it's pretty likely that you're going to see him have another drop or two in a game. They they come in waves for him, and it's something that he's dealt with a couple of times in his career already. The short fields for the offense are really what made it so easy for them on the night. They had one gift of a short field from the defense on the uh, within the five-yard line that they easily turned into a touchdown, and they didn't deal with any long yardage situations in terms of having to drive the entire length of the field to score points. So they kind of got out of having to show us what they can do without Henry just yet. I talked about this on Twitter earlier today. There's a lot of concern from fans and media alike, really, that this Titans offense is going to hold them back now. But but let me pose this question to you. I think that, that two things can be true at once here. The Titans offense in week nine looked the least explosive it has all season. Undeniably, it was their worst outing. But also, it shouldn't be shocking that they struggled considering the strength of the Rams' defense, which, last I checked, is still a really good defense, and given how it was their first game without their best player on the team, right? And so... I went into the game thinking that this would be kind of a growing pain situation, that it was going to have to be an ugly game, not a ton of points scored. The defense was going to have to probably make more plays than the Titans defense typically does, which they did and more. We'll get to that in just a moment. But the offense looked about what I expected it to look like. They weren't super explosive, but the amount of change going on in terms of game planning the team and the coaches will downplay the fact that there's going to be much change in terms of their approach. And I don't think there will be during the week in terms of game planning. But in the games, the passing game is going to have to be a bigger part of their production up and down the field or else they're not going to be the same offense that they were because they're not going to get the same explosiveness from the run game. That's just the reality of the situation until Derrick Henry returns, right? And so as you're dealing with AJ and Julio being back on the field together for the first time in a couple of weeks, Julio trying to now really get his feet under him for the Titans. He's been in and out of the lineup, but he seems to be ready to go now. He finished a game healthy, played four quarters and didn't seem hurt at the end of it. So that's a 
a step in the right direction for him. But this offense, I think, if if you think that what you saw on Sunday night is at or near the ceiling for this Titans offense, then yeah, I think there's reason for concern. And that's disappointing. But I think it's more fair to look at that performance and think this is the Titans offense going through some growing pains. And this is not near the ceiling of what they're capable of. And if that's what you believe, which I do, I don't think that performance was all that shocking. And I also don't think it's all that concerning. All right. Enough rambling about the offense. Let's move on to the defense, which was the star of the night. This was their best showing by far this season or in the last couple of years, for that matter. They dominated the game. The Titans sacked Matthew Stafford four times in the first half, five game, five times overall in the game, including three big sacks by Jeffrey Simmons entering the game. The Rams had only been sacked eight times all year. So the Titans sacked them five times in this game alone. They had the fewest sacks allowed of any team coming into the game. I'm not sure if that's the case anymore, considering their sack total was increased by over 50%. Of course, the thing that everyone's talking about after this game is the Titans' defensive line. And so here's where PFF had the Titans' uh, defensive line in terms of statistics for pressures and sacks. Jeffrey Simmons had the biggest tonight against the Rams with nine pressures and three sacks. And the vast majority of that production came in just the first half. Danico Autry also had a monster night, six pressure, excuse me, six pressures, including two sacks. Harold Landry had five pressures with one sack. David Long had two pressures. Bud Dupree had a pressure and Laurel Murchison had a pressure. The key to the Titans pass rush success of late and particularly in this game, they only blitzed Matthew Stafford on four of his 53 dropbacks, which is a 7.5% blitz rate. 15 of the pressures were with four or fewer rushers, which is a 30.6% pressure rate to put all of those numbers that I'm throwing at. And I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you today, but if you listen closely, these are all really, really impressive stats. To put those numbers in perspective, all five of those sacks were with four-man pass rushes, which tied for most in a game by any defense this year. And the big part of a four-man pass rush is that if you got four-man rush going, that means you've got seven in coverage, which is a big deal. If you can have an effective pass rush with just four, then you can have a really effective secondary, even if your personnel is kind of shaky, which the Titans undeniably are right now in terms of personnel, having a tough time keeping guys healthy, having continuity in the secondary besides the safeties, which are playing incredible. We'll talk more about them in the quick hit segment. The secondary at the cornerback position has been struggling to keep their best guys on the field, but You don't have to have your best guys on the field if you're getting an effective four-man pass rush because you get seven guys in coverage to cover three, four, five receivers. Um, Here's how the Titans' defensive backs fared against the Rams' offense. Chris Jackson had probably his best night as at least a Titan. I believe he—this is silly. He's been a Titan his whole career. So he had his best night that I think he's ever had in his career— Six allowed catches on 13 targets, 42 yards, and one PBU. Jackrabbit Jenkins allowed six of seven targets for 57 yards and two PBUs. Elijah Molden, six for six on 69 yards and one PBU. Not his best night. But then at the safety position, Amani Hooker allowed three for four 
and 21 yards. And then Kevin Byard absolutely locked down ball hawk night for Kevin Byard, allowed zero catches on three targets and one interception. Essentially, there were two defensive touchdowns in this game. One was a pick six of Matthew Stafford for Kevin Byard, and the play just previous of uh, right before that pick six was another interception by Matthew Stafford that David Long came up with that ended up putting the Titans, like I said earlier, within the five yard line, which turned into an easy seven. If the Titans defense can keep up this growth and stay healthy, this likely becomes an incredibly balanced team. All right, quick hits, our final segment of the day. As always, we're going to talk safeties and we're going to talk D-lines. Some more numbers to throw at you. I know it's been a lot of numbers jumbling around your head. Maybe you need to listen to the podcast twice. Who knows? But I think you'll find this really impressive. So I'll share with you about the safety position on the Titans after posting his fifth interception of the season uh, in the Sunday night football game, Titans safety Kevin Byard now has 23 interceptions since the start of the 2017 season, which is when he started getting starting snaps for the Titans. That ranks second in the NFL during that stretch, trailing only Xavier Howard, who has one more with 24 total. Uh, like I said, Sunday night football pick six for Kevin Byard. It was actually his first of his career, first pick six which is surprising for a guy that now has 23 interceptions. Uh, That was a stat that I was not aware of. But also at the safety position, Amani Hooker has been playing really, really well, and it's gone a bit under the radar because of just how well Kevin Byard has been playing for the Titans. But they've both, it may, I think I'd have to look at the numbers, but I, I have a feeling that the tandem of Byard and Hooker is probably the best safety tandem in the league right now, certainly the hottest. PFF, grades the safeties in the NFL minimum 200 snaps and Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard have the two highest grades of all safeties in the league Kevin Byard a 91.2 Amani Hooker an 86.5 just behind them are Jordan Poyer uh, Houston Carson and Antoine Winfield Jr. from the Bucks who all have an 83 80 and 77 so it's it's pretty big steps down after Byard and Hooker And then let's talk about the D-line for a minute. I know I've thrown a bunch of numbers at you about the D-line, but the Titans defensive line is the best in football right now, in my opinion, and they're doing some incredible things. After posting 10 sacks over the last three weeks, including a season-high five in the Sunday night football game against the Rams, the Titans rank fifth in the NFL with 23 total sacks. Reminder, last season, the Titans, through 16 games, had just 19 sacks. They now have 23 through nine games. They're on pace. That I guess that would put them on pace for roughly 40, doing some quick math. Uh, the NFL leaders, in, this is the craziest part, the NFL leaders in total pressures per PFF, Max Crosby of the Raiders with 50 leads the league, then Miles Garrett of the Browns at 48, then Titans Harold Landry at 47, Rams, Ma- or no, excuse me, not Rams, Patriots Matthew Judon, 43, then tied for fifth are Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry at 42, tied with Rashawn Gary and Trey Hendrickson. So Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, and Danico Autry are the third and fifth highest pressures in the league so far this season. Jeffrey Simmons passed Aaron Donald last night for the most pressures among any interior defensive lineman with 52. Uh, Aaron Donald has 51. Over the last five weeks, 
Titans defenders Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry lead the entire NFL in pressures over the last five weeks. Simmons is one and Autry is two. That's not just defensive linemen. That's all pass rushers. Defensive linemen don't do that. That's that's some Aaron Donald nonsense that we have only ever really seen him do. And the Titans have two of them at the same time. It's it's absurd. They have two interior defensive linemen and Autry sometimes plays on the outside of the line, but primarily interior defensive linemen as the top two pressure getters in the last five weeks in the league. That's ridiculous from defensive linemen. So that's that's a stat that I don't think can be overstated. Oh, and by the way, who led that stat through the first four weeks? Their Titans teammate, Harold Landry. All right, that's going to do it for today. Thanks for sticking around for another double XL episode of the Titans 10. I know it went a little longer than the 10 as advertised, but it's just bonus for you for free. So don't complain. Uh, Before you go, Home Run Throwback, like I've been talking about the last couple of episodes. It's a podcast with BroadwaySportsMedia.com that we have brought back, baby. It is me and Jimmy Morris, who is the uh, editor-in-chief over at the popular Music City Miracles blog, as well as the director of of content over here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Him and I talk about each Titans game on the Sunday night, after, right after the game, it's our immediate reaction, talking about everything that transpired, looking at the game, looking at the games coming up. Just an immediate reaction, long-form podcast. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, we have a good time with it. I think we work well together. So check those out every Monday morning. They are back for you to consume. Home Run Throwback, that's the podcast. Go subscribe to it wherever you get podcasts. And make sure to come back. Later this week, for the next episode of the Titans 10 on Friday afternoon, we'll be discussing the news from this week, of course, as well as looking ahead to week 10 as the Titans prepare to host the Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill-led New Orleans Saints. Until then, have a great rest of your work week, and I will talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Listen, I know every show you've ever listened to has asked you to do that, and you don't. I get it. I'm guilty of it, too. But not every show you listen to is brand new and trying to get off the ground like we are. So please, it'll help so, so much if you go rate and review and subscribe to the show. Actually, go do it. Thank you in advance. We love a good grassroots effort over here at the Titans 10. And I know you've got a bunch of friends and family who follow the Titans. I know you do. So please send them this show and don't just tell them about it. Share the show with them over text. Send it to them. Tell them how much they need it in their lives, because, of course, they definitely do. All press conference audio in this episode is from TennesseeTitans.com. So thank you to them for providing that for us. Follow me at Easton Freeze and the show at the Titans 10 BSM. That's at the Titans 10 BSM on Twitter to keep up with all of my football coverage and get show updates. Make sure to check out me and my talented colleagues over at BroadwaySportsMedia.com for all things Tennessee sports. We've got a great team of writers as well as a great podcast network with new content five days a week for you to consume. All right, that's going to do it for today. I am your host, Easton Freeze, and this has been the Titans 10. We'll be right back.